Hello and welcome to Ace Talk. My name is Mats and today we are joined by the running man himself, product manager Tom Bryan, all the way from Aberdeen. Welcome, Tom. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah. How's it going in this uh, southern Norwegian heat? It's been it's been warm. I'll say that much. But I'm 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 here not just for the heat. I'm here for uh, for some work. It's it's great to be here. It's great to to catch up with everyone like yourselves over here. So yeah, it's it's cool. Yeah. So you're having an intensive week. Uh, what are you filling these days with? So I'm here for a design sprint, which is a key part of our product development, and we are looking at a lot of the next functionality that we're going to be building soon. Uh, the context here is campaign, as we're calling it, working title. So it's uh, it's a full on week which involves speaking with users identifying, understanding a problem, prototyping through the week and really coming to a place where we are ready to start placing some bets in terms of what we build. Yeah. And this sort of relates very good to our uh, topic for today, which is um, how ACE engages with our users, because this mm-hmm. is a one that has turned off in the in later exchanges with those users. Um, maybe more especially in the context of developing a B2B SaaS product. Um, do you have any personal perspectives on how we approach that thing? It's an interesting one. So we have customers. Our customers are major major oil and gas operators, major energy companies, and they have needs to unlock value in their operations and, and, you know, and use products to transform digitally. But that is also different to the user requirements. So it's really important for us that we understand the customer requirements. They want to unlock value, how they want to do it. But also it's, it's just critical that we speak to the end users we could build the most amazing functional product in the world, but if nobody uses it, it will not unlock the value. So it's so important that we have that engagement with not only senior stakeholders and, and operators and, and customers who who have the vision and the the sort of the, the functional needs, but we speak to the guys who are going to be using it onshore planning, offshore on site, so that we make sure that we're hitting their needs, we're answering their pain points, and we're really helping them have a better day to day. And and I think that's what's really cool. It is is we're shooting to 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 do that um i think the end these sort of heavy assets full of full of talented people but they today do not have the software that they deserve and, and this is quite a the interesting point right uh, this SaaS point of it all how do we balance their wants and needs with our want to make something that's universal or general or that's a very good question that's a and that's a real challenge and i think that they are all doing a very broad brush. They're all doing the same thing. They're all producing oil and gas. They're all they're all trying to get the most out of their asset, and that's where we're looking for those commonalities. And and there's always there are always areas of not maybe not bespokeness, but there's always areas of kind of specificity with a certain customer. But we're building products. We're building tools within our product actually that can be scaled to different use cases and different needs, different jobs to be done. But they are still generic enough that we can scale them not only to across customers but across domains as well and i think one of the key parts of this is those first adopters right the super users Mm -hmm. uh the guys that actually are introduced to our product at an early stage uh and speak for us (laughs) inside these big companies uh how do we interact with those guys so we we involve them we involve them in, in a lot of our design work actually so for example the design sprint that we're we're undertaking this week because they're really key. They, they, the early adopters we find tend to have the vision as well. They're really not only this is annoying in my day to day, but the it would be cool if I could type mindset. So we're really we're really trying to engage them early, make sure that they are that we're understanding their needs, we're understanding their wants and where they want to go, 
And when we kind of start to translate that into a concept, we we make sure we test it with them. And when it launches, we rely on them. They are role models. They are the people that that the that the sort of a lot of the day to day users look to, and they can sort of set the example of hey, we should be starting to work within the context of say a digital twin or a, a workspace like A's. And and it's so key that we keep them on board. We like to adopt a transparency, so it's not always yes, we're going to fix that tomorrow, mate. It might be that's a problem. We're going to have a look at it in the next X months. And we we keep that transparency so that we can understand their priorities, but they also understand our roadmap and, and where things are and, and how we're responding to that. How, how strict are you comfortable being with these guys then when it comes to stuff that we maybe don't want to create? It's tough. It's really tough. And sometimes nobody likes to be told what you've asked for, you're not getting tomorrow. And But that we have to work like that. We can't do everything for everyone always, and we can't answer every request. So it's a prioritization exercise. And if there are ways to achieve a certain outcome already within our product, then we may coach, help coach them, and help them understand on how they can work around that in the short term. And always with the caveat of and the sort of the knowledge that we are working on it, we're discovering on it. Because if we react instantly, then we will just have a it will be a, a sort of Frankenstein's monster of a product. And it's so important that we take the time to make sure that the product is evolving. It's not just st stacking feature after feature after feature, that it is a single product and a single experience that you can achieve your outcomes in. Um, and it's something we can be proud of because actually these, the, their users, they're using, the software they're using at work today is typically miles below the sort of level of user experience they're used to in their personal life, whether they're using Spotify, uh, Instagram, whatever great user experience and they're used to software on their work environment, huge value opportunities that they're getting to be quite on this crappy user experience. So for us, it's about making sure that that we bring the bar up. And if we need to take the time to do that, we, we, we're transparent about that. These personal relationships that you're sort of describing, how, how important do you think those are? Like the trust that you have to create within these um, super users or adopters? I think it's very important. I think one, one of our key key strengths at A's is we have domain experts. Um, we have across the organization in all sorts of roles in management roles, product roles. For example, I was 12 years drilling in wells. We've got uh, some of our uh, key accounts people are, are experts. We've got some people who are just experts in the company. Now that allows us to build that trust because we can, we can very quickly understand the problems, sympathize with them, speak the same language is important. You know, being able to, to, to understand what, industry terminology is, is really important. So building that trust is, is important um, through and, and evolving those relationships. But also, as well as the early adopters, when we see people who come through and are key users, nurturing that and encouraging them to become, even if they're not a role, an early adopter, but a champion and someone who we can say, okay, this person is really using the product, has got some great ideas and also is giving us some good critique. It's important that we identify new, new um, relationships and nurture them as well. When you mentioned this user experience part, uh, considering your experience as well, um, have you already identified some some areas that we need to improve or need to um, meet? Yes. So we we are really take we're in a fate in the last sort of three four months. The, a lot of the, our key features have gone into are in production in real use, and it's interesting as we start to learn how users are using our product. Mm -hmm. It's not always how we thought they would use it, which is, and that's a really, it's really important we have that open-mindedness to to reflect on it and not just say, ah, this person doesn't understand how to use it or this person hasn't been trained. If it's not intuitive and they don't understand how to use it, it's our problem and we need to address that. And 
And it, again, it doesn't always happen overnight. Sometimes we can we can address things quickly, but sometimes we may have to go back to a whiteboard and say, okay, are, do did we capture this right? And I think so far we have. There's a we've done a massive work this year, and our our design teams have done incredible work on looking at navigation, for example. Yeah. Something we really want to land in the product, and that's um, that's been a good example of us reflecting on. Do you know what? Our navigation is good. It can be better. So how do we make it better? So just practically, when someone says something uh, fairly negative or constructive, <laughs> I would say, in feedback, how do you go about it uh, internally? So we we try to understand what they're trying to achieve, what the outcome they're trying to achieve with the product is and what's blocking them. And we then look at how critical it is that we we kind of fix that. Uh, also, how how common it is. If one person out of a thousand users has that issue, we will not jump on it immediately. That that we can't jump on every single small thing. But then we start to we make sure that we're testing and feeding back constantly across a wide enough range of users. When we start to see themes coming out, then we can we can react to that. And I think that's where it's we're fantastic. We work together, customer success, product design. That that feedback is coming in. We're constantly channeling it in a funnel, if you like, to one place so we can start to see those themes emerge. And, and, and you know, some things come up that you're, that very quickly after release, it comes up. It may be months after release, it starts to emerge, but identifying those themes and consistencies really let us prioritize. This is a problem for a lot of people, or this is, this is not ideal for a lot of people. We should react to it quickly. Hmm. And we now have a couple of large partners involved in this process, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what's the value of having this much experience and this much, um, depth uh, in your product development? I think it's incredibly valuable. I mean, the the sort of large partners, particular development partners are, are so key and having access to to industry experts and, you know, for example, you know, AcroBP, Solutions, these, these, the users there are very digitally ambitious, which I think is so, so important that they're open-minded to do things um, with digital and data. And it's an, that's an amazing opportunity to have access to to work with them, and and that really does help us accelerate. Equally, our our, our large other customers, they they have slightly they can have different different problems in different regions. So it it keeps us honest in terms of that. Going back to that original point about scalability, having a mm. solution that's fit for all, that we're not just building for a very specific top side in the Norwegian uh, North Sea sector. We're building for solutions that can be scaled to any region any asset type, any user group. Mm. You mentioned this in, in our notes, uh, the thing about the standard product concept testing. Um, could you just explain that for me? So we do, we do a lot of testing, of course. We need to make sure that what we're going to build is fit for purpose. And I think if you were to go ahead and take an idea and say, right, let's build it, build it over a few months at a development team's cost, and then test it and find out when it goes into production that it doesn't work or people don't like it, you'd be in trouble. So what we do a lot of is, is and the UX team will speak much more to this, I'm sure, than I will, but we 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 understand the problem. We we create some prototypes, which are essentially clickable. It's a mock, mock-up, and we test that with key users, and we take their feedback at that spot. We iterate on the design there and then, and once we get to a point where we think, yeah, this is answering their, so their, their pain point. This is helping them create value. This is allowing them to work differently. They like it. Then we commit the de development. So it means that we kind of, we de-risk a lot of what we're going to build and we make sure that we can 
we can get the fastest route to value for our customers and our users. Do you think this approach is specifically valuable in the energy industry or is it just general for all software development? I think it's a it's a common product. I mean, it's used across all, uh, all a lot of you know product management as a as a, a full industry. But I think in oil and gas, particularly at lands, because quite often there are you're in a place where users are users have big they are deadline based. Quite often we find it's not you know it's not so much if I'm a I'm a user of Twitter I don't have a deadline to when I need a certain feature to come out. The sooner the better, but I'm not working to a deadline. But if we've got customers who are, who are breathing down our necks because they've got they have uh, specific operations coming up and, and they typically have dates tied to them. It it allows us to be to understand how our roadmap may need to answer certain um, certain needs like that. So, what's the next thing you're uh, creating for our customers then? Well, at the moment we're work- we're looking at um, functionality that allows users to to look at their to look at their work uh in the physical space so understanding the where of, of work and the when of a work so this concept of 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 looking at work across time so 4d planning is really interesting and you know we have a we have a great product today that allows you to find your equipment investigate look at details of it look at the work happening but actually we're really starting now to move into the space of using of of, of planning out work and visualizing how work happens across time how you can optimize that sequence and 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 using all our surfaces 3d 2d to do that and it's really exciting actually i'm i'm i think it's going to be a really core add to our product in the next uh in the in, in the coming months if you like and yeah it's very exciting to get that into the hands of users <laughs> yeah things are happening fast absolutely <laughs> thank you so much tom for uh joining us uh thank you tom the second tom for uh producing as always uh this has been ace talk my name is mats and we'll uh, see you soon Thank you.